0: Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi there, Wellness Wednesday listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on today's 3W podcast. Today we're talking to the beautiful Nicole, who's our certified holistic nutritionist. She's been on our podcast before. We had a great time. I had a great time connecting with Nicole. She's remote- Zooming in from beautiful Spain, super jealous in this. I mean, today in Seattle, pretty nice, actually. It's a little chilly, but nothing compares to Spain. But she is so gracious to be on our podcast again today. So hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for... on to our podcast once again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Today is going to be a pretty fun topic. I have a plethora of questions for Nicole, but we're going to be talking about menstrual health because we're really big on reclaiming not being negative Nancy's about our menstruations. There's always this, this cycle that needs to be broken about looking at our menstruation as this curse or this burden, and it's actually something I think society, we need to readjust our approach in talking about our periods and our menstruation. But I really wanted to pick Nicole's brain on menstruation, health, and nutrition. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So Nicole, what are, well, before we really dive into that, what are you doing currently and what's been on your heart and your mind about talking about menstruation especially when it comes to you know cuz you 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 have your finger on menstruation health in general so i just wanted to give a moment to you to what's been on your heart today about menstruation in general well i actually started my period about 10 minutes ago.
1: So so we're having it. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's perfect timing to talk about it. Perfect. Um, Yeah. I really, I really appreciate what you said. And I I really agree with what you said. And I think a lot of the reason why so many of us look at our cycles and our periods from a negative perspective is because we don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't know, we don't understand how these fluctuations in our hormones are really affecting us. And therefore, when we see those negative symptoms arise, we just look at it negatively Mm -hmm. and we don't know what to do about it. We feel confused, but the incredible thing and why I'm so grateful that I'm able to do the job that I do is because the way that you're able to truly connect to yourself Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when you understand these hormonal fluctuations is so, so empowering. And, you know, even just, even just understanding it, let alone, of course, you know, what we're going to talk about today, a lot is how you can support it. But Mm -hmm. even just understanding the processes in the body, can allow you to give yourself so much more grace Mm. and so much more space and so much more confidence. Because Mm -hmm. I know for myself, like when I didn't know anything about my cycle, I would feel like I was on this roller coaster in the dark that You know, one week I was fine. And then the next week I have brain fog or I'm really irritable. And, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't trust myself because it was like, how can I be so stable sometimes? And then at other times I'm so what I would consider unstable. Mm. And you know, once I started to get that understanding of how things were affecting my body, I was able to better prepare and predict for it Mm -hmm. and just allow to take a step back and recognize that like, oh, hey, maybe these negative thoughts aren't really my reality, but it might just be because my hormones are low and that's affecting my serotonin levels, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And understanding all of that makes a huge difference on how you approach menstruation when it comes. But today. We I really wanted to focus, since you're this amazing nutritionist, on the insight that you have on menstruation and nutrition. So let's start with the beginning part of your menstruation. Are there signs or are there things that you can do before your period comes? Are there things you can eat, drink, consume that would help ease you into your period? What is your opinion about that?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> your your <laughs> menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign. Mm. It tells you so many things about your overall health, and the symptoms that you're experiencing are, like you said, signs and a language that your body speaks to you in. And when mm-hmm. you're able to understand that language, mm-hmm. you can then bring attention to where you know it's it's knocking on the door. Yeah, you know. So I think it's also incredible how we need to start. Also looking at our cycle as our full cycle. And I think a lot of us only see our cycle as our period and maybe the couple of days before that we're experiencing PMS. Yeah. But our cycle is impacting us every single day. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So what your actual period is telling you when you're bleeding, you're shedding the endometrium, mm-hmm. is it's telling you a lot about the hormonal activity in your that previous cycle. Mm. So A lot of the things that we need to recognize is what we do earlier in our cycle will directly affect the symptoms that we experience during our PMS stage or our actual period. And so it's really important. I, I love to focus on phased nutrition, so phase sync nutrition, and, and focusing on different nutrients that can support the biological process that's happening within each phase. And by doing that, you're able to really help balance your hormones, manage menstrual-related issues, mm-hmm. feel so much more confident. You can tailor your work to it. Mm. You can It can help you improve relationships and communication. And it's, it's so incredible. incredible. Incredible, I think, also to realize that, you know, when you're looking at your period from a negative perspective, you're looking at such a massive part of you through Mm -hmm. a negative lens. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, and no matter how much healing you do, if you're still looking at your cycle, which you know, the average person will have 451 menstrual cycles in their life spanning 38.5 years. Wow. So that's a massive number. And if, if it's affecting you every day. Then, you know, by shifting the perspective, learning about your cycle, learning how to support it and live in tune with it, Mm -hmm. it's the benefits are incredible Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be experiencing a lot of those negative symptoms that you previously had.
0: So what are some, some tangible advice from you that you could give someone that is dealing with really heavy bleeding, cramping? I know for me personally, you know, I started my period when I was 11 and i had really intense periods starting at age 11 and they were heavy they lasted for like 7 days usually the second and third days are are really really heavy and mm-hmm. intense cramping i had cramps where i i fainted on campus one one Oof. day you know and and my solution to it as the at the time was to take copious amounts of ibuprofen. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. because that was the quick fix kind of situation. Yeah. Later in life, you know, I've learned how to manage it in a more holistic approach. But in the moment, what were some things that you, you know, if I was one of your clients or something like that, if I looked to you for advice on how to deal with cramping and heavy bleeding and just feeling fatigue, what would you suggest that I could have done preemptively to when I started bleeding
1: the different symptoms are are going to be telling you different things so Mm -hmm. between each person your symptoms may tell you something else but let's just take something as easy as or it's definitely not easy but as PMS or painful period you know Mm -hmm. there's five different types of PMS that each have their own potential causes and natural solutions so if you understand what type you are then you can go toward balancing that. So, for instance, you know, 80 to 90% of women say that they experience PMS at some point. And of that, about 70% experience PMS type A, and also 70% experience PMS type H. So, type A is anxiety, so, anxiety, irritability, mood swings, et cetera and type H is hyperhydration or water retention. And that can look like tender breasts and Mm -hmm. general emotional upset, a little bit of Mm -hmm. weight gain or puffiness. Mm -hmm. And so one of the potential causes of those two types of PMS, which again, 70% of those who experience PMS are are having, Mm -hmm. um, that is caused potentially by an Uh, an imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, Mm, mm, right? mm -hmm. So estrogen is your dominant hormone in the first half of your cycle and progesterone Mm -hmm. is the dominant hormone in the second half of your cycle. Mm -hmm. And these two hormones work in tandem and affect every different part of your body and they need to be balanced and supported differently so that they're in that balance and you're not experiencing those negative symptoms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, really like quick fixes mm-hmm. of course, because mm-hmm. you're not really getting to the root of it, but right. I like to look at it at a holistic perspective. And I think that facing nutrition really supports that because, you know, and, and we can go through it if you want, we can go through the different phases and how to support each phase specifically, because, you know, as your hormones are really low and your endometrium is shedding during your period, you're losing a lot of iron, which can be mm-hmm. causing that fatigue. You know, you're losing a lot of different minerals. Your body, you know, needs a little bit of more assistance, digesting food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we focus on the different, the different hormones and how to support those differently throughout each phase you can really help to reduce pain and PMS symptoms, et cetera. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's go back a little bit. PMS. What does it stand yes. for? Premenstrual syndrome. Okay. And it's a real thing, right? Yes. Very much so. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Because I remember talking to women in my life and in my community, and they and some would say PMS is just in your head. It's something you can totally just switch absolutely off. not <laughs> nope it is
1: your hormone <laughs> yeah
0: and I was I was like very confused about that because when you were when I was in it I felt like I was out of control mm-hmm. of my reaction you know irritability and all of that stuff and to have someone say no it's just in your head I felt like it was like gaslighting me <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I think
1: we do that a lot when it comes to menstrual related issues. It's constant gaslighting. And then a lot of the time because we're dismissed or invalidated by
0: people around us or by healthcare professionals, yeah. we then start gaslighting ourselves and we're like, what's wrong with me? Right. And then you just want a quick fix solution mm-hmm. because no one's mm-hmm. willing to acknowledge that you're dealing with the situation because it isn't a situation. And then you kind of like hope it goes away because no one wants to be around that irritable person, you know, is what you're trying to tell yourself. And that's why you're trying to mask Mm -hmm. it with these quick fix. Okay. So I'm so glad that you said that because there's a lot of stereotypes out there that it's like, it's all in your head. PMS is all in your head and you can just Mm -mm. get over it. So. No, I
1: can, I I can, I can describe what is Likely causing a lot of
0: different types of PMS. And, yes. Yeah. You know, please. What, if we want to go in. <laughs> yeah. Let's dive into that. What causes PMS? What are, and what are the, and you, you know, you talked about PMSA and PMSH. What are those different PMS differences in between? Let's, let's dive into sure. that.
1: Yeah, totally. So there's there's five different types of PMS. So the first is PMS type A, like I said, with anxiety mm-hmm. and it's anxiety, irritability, et cetera. And that's likely mm-hmm. caused by the imbalance between estrogen and progesterone, having estrogen being the dominant hormone mm-hmm. during that time, which it shouldn't be. And then PMS type C, which is cravings, And that's cravings for things often that are like simple carbs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It can Mm -hmm. also include headaches Mm -hmm. and PMS type C may be caused by an imbalance of like blood sugar dysregulation earlier in your cycle. Then you also have PMS type D, which is depression. Mm -hmm. And you know, that comes with insomnia and, and tons of other negative symptoms and that may be in relation, again, to that estrogen-progesterone balance, but mm-hmm. likely that the progesterone might be too high. And I'll mention something a little bit later on about something else too, but okay. we also have PMS type H or type W, which is water retention or hyperhydration. Okay. And that is, you know, water retention. So breast bloating. swelling, bloating, okay. um, you know, puffy extremities Yeah. also comes with just general emotional upset. Mm -hmm. and that has, you know, too much estrogen in relation to progesterone. And then you have PMS type P, which is pain. And that's where you're experiencing the cramps, the Mm -hmm. nausea, the back pain. And that can also include painful periods. Mm -hmm. And you know, that has a lot of different potential causes, but a lot of inflammation is related to that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting to see because, you know, our hormones are affecting us so intensely. And especially when we're getting those those emotional symptoms. Mm-hmm. And we're like, why can't I handle anything? Yeah. Well, your reproductive hormones start to drop right before your period and and during your period, they're at their lowest point, and that directly affects your neurotransmitters as well. Mm-hmm. So your serotonin is a little, little mm-hmm. bit lower. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not you're not getting that happiness boost. You don't have as much motivation. You can mm-hmm. have more brain fog. You know, estrogen and progesterone have different effects on the brain, mm-hmm. which is super interesting. And there's been studies that have shown that your brain, so your hypothalamus and your amygdala can actually change in volume and size based upon the effects of your reproductive hormones and how they're fluctuating throughout your cycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, suspected that that could have a lot to do with, you know, your memory, your focus, you know, Mm -hmm. during your ovulatory and your follicular phase, you have a little bit more motivation, energy, clarity, and you know, if we understand also how to use each of those phases, we can use each one and leverage each one to our advantage. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets to that PMS type part that we always in the luteal phase that we often feel a lot more negative, you're able to understand the advantages that you actually have during that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just optimize your overall life with it. And Mm
0: -hmm. at the same time, being balanced, balancing your hormones. Can someone have all five of those PMF symptoms, or or one m- more dominant than the other, and that's all normal and okay.
1: Yeah. So usually most people will have one or two dominant types. Okay. I'm A and w and H for sure. But you know, knowing how to manage those, it's it's a lot easier. That's why I could be on a podcast, even though it's my first day of my period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you can have multiple different types and usually we'll have one or two more dominant types, but regardless, you know, PMS, although some people deny its existence, it's considered normal, you know, but PMS Mm -hmm. is not normal. It's a sign that your body is telling you that something's going on and needs attention to it. So Mm -hmm. PMS is
0: common, but it is not normal. Well, Mm -hmm. just again, using me as an example or, you know, a, a someone that would have reached out to you in my youth, Mm -hmm. what would you, what would you have encouraged me to, to eat or to consume or to drink, you know, tying it back to nutrition, what would you Mm -hmm. have recommended me to do with my heavy bleeding long cycle? My cycle is usually Mm -hmm. 34 to 36 days versus your normal 32. And, and then again, just excruciating cramps, like blackout cramps is what I had like I don't know if my pain tolerance is low or something like that but I mm-mm, remember mm-mm. <laughs> but I remember like legit fainting at home or, or yeah that's that's not a low pain oh, tolerance okay. if you're fainting yeah if you're fainting
1: that's a clear sign that something is yeah not okay yeah
0: yeah I always was like yeah. something's wrong and the solution mm-hmm. when I went to a medical provider was we'll just get on birth control of course yeah and it was really frustrating because I was like mm-hmm. I don't think this is normal. I don't think this is like okay. And so I would dread when my cycle came and I would lose in a month, I would lose like three days out of work, out of school. Mm -hmm. It was very debilitating. Uh, But what would you have suggested to someone like me in that phase of my life? Yeah,
1: so... First of all, I'm sorry that you went through that because I know it's it's very it can be very frustrating and difficult and and disheartening. So specifically for those really painful periods, that Mm -hmm. could be an excess of prostaglandins, which Mm. are these compounds that you naturally need because this is what helps your uterus contract and constrict to help to release the blood. But when you have too much of those, it can cause a lot of cramping and mm-hmm. those that can move into other places in your pelvis. So mm-hmm. you can also experience those period poops that I'm sure we all know and love, but <laughs> don't want to say that we have, you know, Yeah, um, because those prostaglandins can have that similar effect of mm-hmm. the the cramping onto, you know, our bowels and such. Mm -hmm. So with that, a lot of people have gotten a lot of relief from limiting red meat and dairy, especially Mm. closer to their, their periods, because that has been shown to increase prostaglandins. Mm. And then also we really want to lower the inflammation so supporting your liver, allowing for these hormones to be metabolized and, and and eliminated from the body. So encouraging your liver, also using circulatory aids. So ginger can be super helpful with that because... Cause it allows for your blood to flow a lot better and allows for it to actually those compounds that are causing it and the imbalance of hormones and the inflammation that allows it to be released from the body. And that can be super helpful. And then my favorite thing, and you know, if I know because, you know, I've, I've been traveling for a while or whatever it was mm-hmm. that my period might hurt a little bit more this, this month, raspberry leaf tea is an absolute game changer. Whoa, have not heard about absolute that. game changer. So raspberry leaf tea is a uterine tonic, so it helps to strengthen the uterus and it helps so much with cramping and mm. i also so in probably the 3 to 5 days leading up to my period i do it all the time now just because you know i never want to have cramps and it's it's a way to face <laughs> and all of yeah. that yeah yeah so i in the few days leading up to my period and the 2 days that i start it i make a tea of raspberry leaf tea with nettle tea or nettle leaves and ginger and it is incredible. Drink a few cups of that a day. Obviously, check the healthcare professional if those are right for you. But mm-hmm. these really, really help for the cramp reduction and mm-hmm. yeah, total game changer. So, nettle leaf is a great kind of cleanser, diuretic. It helps to release that water retention also and can be really, really helpful with that. And then, like I said, the ginger for that circulatory aid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm.
0: That, that tea concoction is a game changer. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. I have never, see, I've never been told that all my life. Drink a tea that you can totally mm-hmm. do instead of consuming handfuls of ibuprofen is what I was doing. Absolutely. And
1: handfuls of ibuprofen really can harm your liver Yes, and make <laughs> your cramps worse because we need our livers to help us detox and yes. to remove excess hormones. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Natural I- solutions are incredible. And I found that putting a hot pack on my stomach, mm-hmm. you know, really helped. I don't know if that's just a psychological thing, but what is your no, opinion you're easing, of that? You're, you're easing the muscle. So of course it, it definitely helps. Okay. I
1: like to kind of kick that in the butt before it gets there. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. another thing that I would highly, highly recommend is Epsom salt baths and mm-hmm. magnesium magnesium, especially for cramps is incredible. I think about 50% of the U S population is deficient in magnesium. So it is super mm-hmm. necessary. It has over 300 metabolic reactions in the body. And one of those functions of magnesium is to help as a like nerve tranquilizer and muscle relaxant. Mm-hmm. So magnesium is essential and Epsom salt baths can be, the
0: magnesium can be absorbed through the skin. So that can really help. Okay. I am totally going to try that out. <laughs> raspberry leaf tea and mm-hmm. what was the second one? Nettle.
1: Yeah. Raspberry, nettle and ginger. Um, ginger. Ginger is so
0: cool. Oh, incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just, yeah. Growing up as an, in an Asian family, I put ginger in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ginger is like always available. What would you suggest someone like me to do after my period? What types of food should I be consuming then? Yeah. So I will say
1: also, so during your period, you have to support your body during that time too. Mm -hmm. And you know, the average woman will lose about two milligrams of iron per day of their bleed. Mm -hmm. You were likely losing a lot more than that because Mm -hmm. you had a really heavy bleed and you're losing other minerals and your body's working really hard. So it's really, really important to take it easy. First of all, like don't put added stress on your body, Mm. but you really want to be replenishing those nutrients Mm -hmm. and especially the, the minerals, magnesium, iron, iron is super, super important. That's Mm. where you Mm -hmm. likely will get the fatigue from as well. And also iron deficiencies are a huge issue globally, really. Yeah. I was anemic. Especially for women.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was anemic when I was younger and they were like, you need to eat red meat cooked in an iron Cast iron <laughs> cast iron skillet. Yeah. Cast iron skillet during my period. And I was like, okay, but I can only consume so much mm-hmm, red mm-hmm. meat, you know?
1: Totally. There's also, and also red meat might increase the prostaglandins that could yeah. be harming it. So yeah. I, I definitely say go for it, eat red meat. I would just say limit it and try to get an organic and grass fed because it's, mm. it can be inflammatory otherwise. Mm. So also a huge thing is avoid caffeine on your period. Hmm. So not okay. only can caffeine be dehydrating and it can get you a little bit anxious, but it also inhibits the absorption of iron. So as we're losing all of this iron, we want to be able to absorb as much of it as possible. Mm-hmm. So try to avoid caffeine and alcohol and then increase vitamin C because that really helps to helps your body absorb the iron. And then after your period, if we wanted to go into that, yeah. that. So that's your follicular phase. So directly following your menstrual phase is mm-hmm. your follicular phase. Mm-hmm. And during this time, your uh, there's follicles in your ovaries that house eggs. Mm-hmm. And at the about day three of your cycle, a hormone will stimulate a few of those egg follicles to develop, but only one will be the dominant follicle that continues to develop throughout the uh, follicular phase. Mm-hmm. And that is what starts to produce estrogen. And that growing follicle starts to produce estrogen. And as it reaches its maturity, it really peaks with your estrogen. So estrogen is a dominant hormone at that time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, later on with PMS, that balance of estrogen and progesterone is really important. So you really want to support your body in this phase by helping the regulation of estrogen. So helping to support the estrogen production but also helping to metabolize and eliminate that excess estrogen that you might have right because we don't want it in the later in the later phases. Mm-hmm. So things that can really help with that are cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, arugula, those ones are incredible for this phase. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we still want to be replenishing those minerals that we might have lost throughout our period mm-hmm. and you know during this time our digestive system is also working a little bit better and can mm-hmm. tolerate more of like the raw uh, raw foods that might be a little bit harder to digest in other phases. So mm-hmm. you really, really want to kind of look at it in that perspective too of like how how can your body really be able to digest and absorb all these nutrients that you're feeding it. The other thing that's great for this phase is probiotics. So your gut microbiome plays a huge role in estrogen metabolism and Mm -hmm. regulation. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you're getting in those probiotics. So yogurts, sauerkraut, stuff like that can be super, super helpful. And then after your follicular phase, you enter into your ovulatory phase Mm -hmm. and For phase sinking purposes, we like to look at the ovulatory phase being the few days before ovulation and the few days after ovulation, right? And your hormones can actually fluctuate between 3 and 50% daily during and around ovulation. So Mm -hmm. that's actually the peak event in our cycle. And if you're not ovulating, you're not having a true menstrual cycle. So it's really, Mm -hmm. really important that we really help support our body so that we're we're ovulating. Mm -hmm. And During this phase, like I said, your hormones are at their peaks and that is really when we need to support that, that estrogen metabolism. And one of the ways that our body gets rid of excess um, estrogen is through the liver. So Mm -hmm. it's great to really support the liver during that time. Mm -hmm. Onions and garlic can really help with that. Mm -hmm. Um, They contain sulfur containing compounds that are amazing you know turmeric really helps with the inflammation I love turmeric um, herbs herbs and roots and things that are often like disregarded as like not real food they're just mm-hmm. add-ons yeah a lot of these have the most beneficial properties, and if you make a dressing with a whole bunch of herbs and some and some ginger and some turmeric, mm-hmm. drizzle that on
0: everything. That's like, <laughs> you're, you're getting so much nutrients in you're that. You're Just blanket it in everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for going over these these phases in our cycle and encouraging us to really hone in on food and you know, things that we consume and how it directly connects to how our mm-hmm. body absorbs things, how our body puts out yeah. things. I mean, like that's so, that's really important. I didn't go through the last phase though. So oh, if you want go. me to go yes, through please. the last phase. Yes, yes, please.
1: <laughs> sure. So after ovulation, that follicle that wants to house the egg becomes what's called the corpus luteum mm. and begins to produce progesterone. Yeah. And Progesterone is the dominant hormone in our luteal phase. And progesterone has incredible benefits. You know, it's very relaxing. It helps to support the balance of estrogen and progesterone in the body, which, Mm -hmm. you know, impacts your bone, impacts your skin, your hair, Mm
0: -hmm. everything
1: really. Mm -hmm. So it's great to support progesterone production during this time. Vitamin E is great for that, zinc, and different minerals. And again, I would say, especially during this phase to, first of all, your metabolism increases. So it's really important that you are actually nourishing your body and getting enough calories because calorie restriction at this time can cause some negative symptoms and also lead to binging. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. really want to support our bodies by feeding it and actually nourishing it and giving enough um, nutrients that it needs. And Yeah. So, so this phase is really incredible and it's, it's great to know what type of PMS you're prone to as well so that you can start to prepare for that Mm -hmm. and, you know, get in those extra B vitamins, you know, it has a direct, your hormones have a direct effect on your serotonin levels. So adding in mood boosting amino acids like L-tryptophan that support, that's a precursor for serotonin. And you can find that in pumpkin seeds and Turkey and peanuts. Mm, mm. And, you know, it might seem like a lot at first, but it's a great way to, to really help support your body in a way that doesn't feel restrictive. And I feel like so many of the quote-unquote diets that we're all used to focus on taking things out. And Mm. instead, this focus is on adding in certain nutrients during each phase to really help support it. What are your thoughts on
0: intermittent fasting? I've heard so many conflicting. Yeah, I've heard so many (laughs) conflicting things about that because so I'm insulin resistant and that has contributed to my infertility and so I've been told by medical professionals that like okay you need to do intermittent f- fasting to balance out that insulin resistant s- situation but then I've heard okay intermittent fasting is not good for your hormones and hormones are so directly connected to ovulation and fertility and all of that stuff so what's your opinion about that good question <laughs> so one of the things that needs to be said is a lot
1: of the information that we're getting on intermittent fasting is through research done on men and postmenopausal women and yeah. don't take women's hormones into effect mm-hmm. or into account. Mm-hmm. So, the way that intermittent fasting is kind of touted as this, you know, I think it's like the 8 16 split. So, fasting for 16 hours, only consuming food for, for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And that can be really detrimental for our hormones. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of the ways that people will do it is that they wait until later in the day to start eating. hmm and that can have a negative effect too. So if we're waiting too late, then, you know, that's causing excess stress in our body and stress is a biological reaction. That's excess cortisol. And that can really negatively affect our hormones because our bodies are going to prioritize making cortisol over our reproductive hormones. Mm. And and in which case that can directly affect your fertility because you might lose your cycle. You know, your hormones might not be able to you know, ha- be at sufficient levels. Mm-hmm. So, I I would recommend if you are going to do some type of intermittent fasting, you can do it based on what phases you're in. So, for instance, mm. the follicular phase could be a little bit better for a more extended fast. I wouldn't go over anything over about 14 hours. Yeah, 14, 16 hours would be the the definite max. And eat earlier in the day rather than late. And don't drink coffee on an empty stomach. That's a massive one. Do not drink coffee on an empty stomach, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, sorry. Just have something in your system before. Um, because again, that can really help. That really can spike our cortisol levels. And, you know, if if we have too much cortisol, we're not going to be nourishing our reproductive hormones. Mm-hmm. And then that can also have a lot of other sorts of negative effects. So for mm-hmm. instance, those with PCOS are often told just lose weight and it'll help your PCOS. Yep. But the issue there is that PCOS is really difficult to lose weight. Like when you have PCOS, it's, it's much more difficult to lose weight. Yep. And so you're going on these massive diets and calorie restrictions and over-exercising, which is then wreaking absolute havoc on your hormones mm-hmm. and therefore increasing the PCOS symptoms and making everything worse. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that. And then also in the luteal phase, because you, um, you need more calories and we need more nutrients and we, you know, our, our metabolisms are faster. I wouldn't mm-hmm. suggest doing much intermittent fasting during that time. So I do suggest that you don't eat anything about two hours before you go to sleep mm-hmm. because that can kind of suppress that can disrupt your sleep. Mm-hmm. And of course sleep is really important for hormonal health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so it ends up being about a 10 you know, a 12 to 14 hour fasting window, a 10 to 12 hour eating window. And that's usually a good place to stick in for our hormones. And, you know, we're always kind of intermittent fasting. We sleep through the night and don't eat. So, right, right. Yeah. so it's an interesting concept, but those, those really drastic intermittent fasting that helps, especially a lot of men can be very detrimental to our hormones. And you may end up a either getting quicker results, but then having A lot more issues long term. Mm -hmm. Or B, you end up getting way worse symptoms. And then you get really frustrated that you just tried these things and you're like starving yourself and, and, you know, you're irritable and already, Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. also are significantly negatively affecting your hormones that are making things worse.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah, it's so interesting because intermittent fasting obviously is not for everyone, but it's been, in social media and in our Mm -hmm. world today as the the new fad I feel like it's like the new thing that everyone should be trying and it's like so frustrating to watch my husband like drop weight like it's no big deal and Mm -hmm. he's able to go much longer than I am and I'm getting Mm -hmm. like hangry you know it's like Absolutely. I just want to eat freaking fruit. Like, is that okay? And it's like, no, I can't. And so, and then the only thing I can consume in the morning is coffee on an empty stomach. <laughs> so it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because it's like, ah, why does it work for you? And it doesn't work for me. And then you're right. It, it does. In the beginning, I was losing a ton of weight. And it was like, oh, gosh, it's working. And then it plateaus, completely mm-hmm. plateaus. It doesn't work anymore. And then mm-hmm. you're being told, okay, well, then fast even more hours yeah but then I was doing a video the other day and I was like having to read a script and I couldn't concentrate because I was starving Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and it's like so frustrating so frustrating so thank you for your opinion about intermittent fasting.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I think we have to, you know, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, we're not taught about our cycles. And unfortunately there's not much research done or focused on, on our cycles. And a mm-hmm. lot of it, a lot of the typical wellness, fitness, nutrition, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all of that information that most of us are consuming are done with disregard to our hormones mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our hormones are, are what is going to affect you know how we store fat and our metabolism and mm-hmm. our digestion and you know how our our insulin and it's so it's so important to focus on on your your hormones if you have them mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and yeah
0: i just think about how much we focus on when you become pregnant you have like a giant list of things you can eat, things of you can't mm-hmm. eat, things that you should stay away from, you know, all of that stuff. But before that, no one talks about these phases yeah. and what you can do to boost certain hormones or mm-hmm. you know, supplement certain things. And it's like why have been we been talking about this? It's not like it's not like endometriosis or PCOS or infertility is a new thing for women. Mm-hmm. It's always been here and yet we're just now peeling back the layers of that conversation and so so thank you so much for being such an advocate for those of us who are trying to navigate this very complex world of our hormones but that complexity is not a negative thing that complexity needs to be viewed as like it's complex because it's awesome and because Mm -hmm. that's why we're these amazing complicated creatures that have these superpowers that just need to be tapped into. And I think you're doing that so beautifully in the work that you're doing with women. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing.
1: <laughs> thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, I, I I love it because it's it does seem like a lot at first. And I know when I do a lot of first contact conversations yeah. that you know, people don't know anything, or this is the first time you're listening to a podcast that we're talking about menstrual health and the yeah. first time you're hearing it it can seem like so much, but, and it can seem really overwhelming and the rest of it, but we have, like I said, 451 cycles. It's affecting us all the time. And what's really incredible with it is that once you start to simply notice it, Mm -hmm. it starts to become second nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within just a few cycles, like if you think back three months ago, you know, you'd probably be like, what? that was New Year's. You know, it seemed like it was yesterday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it goes by so quickly. So if yeah. if every week or every cycle, you're just like, okay, what can I incorporate this this cycle mm-hmm. to help me learn more? So you know, mm-hmm. take one cycle, start to just track your periods, start to track your patterns, what mm-hmm. you're noticing, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and then in the next cycle, be like, okay, let's do some phase based nutrition. So mm-hmm. you know, go to the grocery store, you. You know, you've just tracked one cycle. You can gauge where you are in your cycle now. So go to the grocery store with a list mm-hmm. and pick out five foods that helps support that phase. And mm-hmm. you know, just consume that throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And then the next, you know, so so mm-hmm. there's small things that you can do that end up really stacking upon each other, mm-hmm. and then it just becomes absolute second nature. And mm-hmm. you're so on top of it because it is us. Mm-hmm. You know, our hormones are affecting every aspect of us from the way that we look, the way that we feel, the way that we think, the way that we perceive the world and ourselves. You know, there was a study that showed that at certain phases you actually perceive yourself differently. Mm-hmm. So if you just start to notice this, you recognize that it's it's really you, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're able to connect to that, you understand yourself so much better and it just becomes so intuitive. And I think as Women were just already really intuitive, a lot mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And this is such a cool way to truly feel connected to yourself yeah. and support yourself in, yeah. in incredible ways.
0: Well, it's an investment, you know. If if mm-hmm. we really totally. if we really want to be our best selves, if we really want to give back to our communities, give back to our families. This is something we could do, just tweaking little things here and there to invest in ourselves. Absolutely, And I think that's what your that's your 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 main message is like, if you're this amazing, awesome person, which you are, every one of us are, then why are we not investing in ourselves mm-hmm. and we owe it to ourselves? to put out that type of energy to put out that type of vibe to our to our world and and not Absolutely. Be, and not just put band-aids over. And I think you know as women we try so we're such giving creatures that we forget and get lost in the mix of like I can do this little thing for myself and it's not it's not selfish. It's an investment.
1: Absolutely. And the return on investment is wild. Yeah. You know, if, and you can think about it in so many different facets. So not even, so let's say you invest in a course or whatever it is, I can plug myself, (laughs) you know, or invest in working with a practitioner financially, Yes, Yes. right? You told me that you were out of commission for three days of the month. Mm -hmm. What, how is that affecting you financially because you know you're not able to go to work you're you know mm-hmm. whatever else it is. so mm-hmm. financially, if you're helping that, you're gaining money right. then time wise, you're gaining time because you're not suffering right you know you're not going through days that you're genuinely suffering and you yes. just want to crawl into bed yeah and losing time, you know under the covers, not wanting to get up mm-hmm. you then, are getting that return on investment so much Mm -hmm. more. The Mm -hmm. energy levels that you have, the, the, the ease, hopefully with fertility, if that's your choice Mm -hmm. or to, you know, play with your kids or play Mm -hmm. with your nieces and
0: nephews Mm -hmm. or your friends and just like enjoy life. That return on investment is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole, for reminding us that it's, it's, um, it's something we all should strive for. And it's and, and as women, I think we need to hear it from more and more women that it's not mm-hmm. selfish of us to think of ourselves as these complex beings that can produce more. We can even be more effective when we invest Absolutely. in ourselves. And so thank you for that constant reminder. And folks, please check out Nicole and her website. What's your website, Nicole? TheSyncSociety.com. Perfect. And we'll have that in our description of of our podcast. And again, as you can tell, she's just a wealth of knowledge. Would you be open to people just, you know,
1: messaging you? Email (laughs) me. I have also a free masterclass that can walk you through the hormones, the different types of PMS and your cycle. So if you're a more visual person, that can be really beneficial too. Awesome. Totally free. And yeah, feel free to email me, message me,
0: yeah, anything yeah she's been she's very accessible folks like it's been very our pleasure um working with her and and just reaching out and it's like can you jump on this podcast really quick and just be awesome yes (laughs) even when i'm in spain please reach out to nicole if you have any more questions or you know like i said invest in yourselves to be your best selves in the long run and how we can sustain that so thank you so much for your time nicole it's always so wonderful talking to you of course thank you for having me yeah For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.